PQ Sports. Uh, good morning out there, folks. It's 9.07, no, 9.08 exactly. And this is the party line on a Friday edition. March 24th, 2023. We got a free-for-all today. I'm Dave Palmer. Liz is here, too. I'll turn your mic on now. Good morning. Good morning. Well, good morning, folks, and welcome, and it's raining, yes, indeed, and uh, it's supposed to rain uh, quite a bit today. All day, all night. All day, all night. 47 degrees here on, no, 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 44 degrees right now on Columbus Road. They say the high today will only be three more, so 47. But tomorrow, we also will have rain, but it's going to be a high of 71. Yeah. Yeah, how about that? And Sunday, 61 and sunny. Yeah, boy. All right. Well, you get the idea. Um, It is springtime, officially as well. Uh, I'm sure you've heard by now that uh, Ohio University has uh, named its next president. Lori Stewart Gonzalez. And uh, she will serve as our 23rd president. She was selected to serve by the university's Board of Trustees this past Wednesday. She will serve as OU's first female president in its 219-year history and will begin her work as president July 1st. Now, that follows the departure of current OU president, Hugh Sherman. Sherman was appointed to a two-year term in 2021 with a plan to retire at the end of his term on June 30th. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to... uh, There's so many stories out there about this. And I tried to pick one that um, was the simplest, if you will. Um... Let's see, I've said all of this before. Uh, Here's a quote from her. I'm really proud of that first, the first female president. But I want us to really focus on the firsts for all our students, Gonzalez said. I've had a lot of women who have supported me over the years, and I try to pay it forward with a lot of young women and mentor them. Well, to secure the the top job at OU, Gonzalez beat out, um, I'm not going to pronounce this well, Avinandan Mukherjee, Mukherjee, who is provost and senior vice president for academic affairs down at Marshall. 
There was also a third candidate, Susanna Rivera Mills, who currently serves as provost and executive vice president for academic affairs at Ball State. By the way, uh, uh, Ms. Mills uh, rescinded her application for president uh, earlier this month. So in the end, it came down to two. And it was uh, Lori Stewart-Gonzalez that was selected. Um, just for the record, in, in the role of president of Ohio University, she will be paid a base salary of 600000 per year. According to a copy of her employment agreement with the university. Um, our interim president, or... Short-term president Hugh Sherman was making four fifty. Uh, each year, the board will review her compensation to decide if it should be increased. However, it can never be decreased according to the agreement. Now, wh wh what's her previous experience? Gonzalez currently serves as the executive vice president and provost at the University, University of Louisville. And she's held that posi position since April of 21. In that position, Gonzalez is responsible for managing the day-to-day -day and long-term academic goals of the university. She has also worked at uh, Appalachian State University and the University of Kentucky Oh, here's another, and the University of Tennessee Health Science Center. That's in Memphis. She herself hails from a small town in Appalachian, Kentucky. Gonzalez received a Doctor of Philosophy in Communication Sciences and Disorders from the University of Florida. Let's see. Um, we have another uh, piece of paper here that says Sherman and Gonzalez's experience in health sciences will be beneficial to her term as president because a third of OU students are enrolled in health sciences professional programs. And OU is home to the largest public medical school in Ohio. I had not realized that last one. I didn't know that either. You know, I think of Ohio State also as having a very large medical uh, school. But uh, Ohio University evidently is larger. At Gonzalez's presidential forum, which was held on March 8th at the Baker, uh, in the Baker Center, um, she said she worked to raise stipend levels for the University of Louisville graduate students to cover health insurance and hired mental health professionals who better understand those students. Gonzalez said she is looking forward to collaborating with Sherman to learn more about the university and his passion for Ohio U before she officially begins her term as president. And once again, that'd be July 1st. Lastly, it says, I'm just really excited. 
I have butterflies in my stomach, Gonzalez said. If I wouldn't have had such a wonderful experience during the interview process, I might have been more apprehensive, but I'm just excited to get started. Well, I uh, did make a call or two to some friends at other institutions where she's been, and they think very highly of her. So that's cool. Yeah. Lori Stewart Gonzalez, July 1st. Um, let's see here. Let's go back to our normal stuff for a free-for-all edition. So on this day, right, all mm-hmm. those historical things. And uh, I always need your help with this, Liz. All right. In 1603, Scottish King James the Sixth, son of Mary, Queen of Scots, becomes King James I of England in succession to Elizabeth I, thus joining the English and Scottish crowns. That was in 1603 on this date. Skip ahead quite a ways, over 200 years, to 1837. Canada gives the blacks, its black citizens the right to vote. I'm just curious, and I don't know if you can find this easily, when did the United States give? <laughs> Way after that. Was it? Oh, yeah. Uh, let me look Forgive it up Forgive my quick. poor historical knowledge. But uh, it was in 1837 on this date that Canada gives its black citizens the right to vote. Uh, I, I think it was in the 60s. Hang on. My phone's being the slow. The 60s? You mean 1860? No, the 1960s. No way. That can't be. Um, 1965. What? Yeah. Um, well... Voting, the Voting Rights Act of 1965, signed into law by Pro- President Johnson, yeah. aimed to overcome legal barriers. Okay, so this is um, this, this is like getting rid of the Jim Crow laws and stuff. So I th- think this that, was an adjustment. Yes, I, I think 1870. Okay, but then I mean, but they ac- couldn't actually vote. They made it very difficult. Okay. To uh, to let people actually vote. Well, um, we think we have it right now, 1870. And um, but if someone was on a blacklist of one kind or another, and I don't mean black as in their skin color, but a blacklist in terms of some organization they were associated with, that was not uh, considered. Um, real ethical. I don't know what you call it. I'm not using the right terms. Forgive me. But anyway, uh, that all got resolved in uh, 1960-ish. Kind of. Okay. 1882, German scientist Robert Koch, K-O-C-H, discovers and describes the tubercle bacillus which causes tuberculosis. Yeah. 
Makes sense. And establishes germ theories. Yeah. Thank goodness for germ theory. Mm-hmm. Doctors weren't washing their hands before surgeries once upon a time. 1976. Argentine President Isabel Martinez de Perón is disposed in a military coup headed by Jorge Rafael Videla. In the year 2020, just a few ago, Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi orders a 21-day lockdown for world's the world's second most populous country of 1.3 billion people. Why? COVID-19. Also in 2020, China's Hubei Hubei province, the original center of the COVID-19 outbreak, eases restrictions on travel after a nearly two-month lockdown. I guess there's some question, should they have done so, so early in the game? Would COVID have become as big a deal as it did if they hadn't done that? All right, famous birthdays. And Liz, you know how I need your help here. Mm-hmm. First is that of Andrew Mellon, M-E-L-L-O-N. I've heard this name. I just can't place it at the moment. He was born on this date in 1855. He died in 1937. Andrew Mellon. Andrew Mellon was an American banker, businessman, industrialist, philanthropist, art collector, and politician. Okay, it, bud. Is there anything he didn't do? Uh, Car mechanics, I suppose. <laughs> okay, well. But to do that list again... He was an American banker, businessman, industrialist, philanthropist, art collector, and politician. Fair enough. Sounds pompous. The uh, next one we have to, to mention, who was born on this date in the year 1733, is Joseph Priestley. P-R-E-S-T-L-E-Y. He then went on to die in 1804. Joseph Priestley. Joseph Priestley was an English chemist, natural philosopher. Uh, a natural philosopher. Interesting. Um, yeah, I wonder what that means. A grammarian? 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 What is that? Proper grammar. Oh, in- interesting. Uh, multi-subject subject educator. And a liberal politician theorist. Okay. Also a man of many traits. Let's see. We have two more. Harry Houdini. Uh, We know a little bit about him. Born on this date in 1874, he died in 1926. Harry Houdini. And uh, a magician. I'm such a fan. Okay, I really so am. so you probably don't even need to look it up. <laughs> um, well, I there was one stunt that he was known for that had a specific name, but it's not coming up with it. But his biggest stunt um, was his escape act, uh, where he would, of course, be locked up and somehow get out in water too. Um, Harry Houdini actually died 
um, because his, his, I think his kidney ruptured. He got punched in the stomach really hard. Some mm. fan was like, can I punch you in the stomach? He's like, yes, I'm made of steel. And uh, then he died. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And the final birthday of this date uh, notable that we're going to share with you is Thomas E. Dewey. He was born on this date in 1902. He died in 1971, Thomas Dewey. An American lawyer, prosecutor, and politician who served as the 47th governor of New York. But there is um, another very notable birthday today. All these uh, are, are old old men, and there's an old woman. Uh, Kitty O'Neill's turned 77 today. She was, I believe, an ass... No, 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 sorry. She was a race car driver, I mean... A race car driver. An American stunt woman and race and race car driver who is deaf since childhood. Uh, she has a, a racing record, and she is the fastest woman in the world. She's turning 77 today. So she's still alive. Yes. And, you know, there are many different types of racing. Does it specify the type of auto racing she did? Um... Let's see. It's those long, pointy cars. Uh, let me see. So Racing formula cars? Type. If you have a picture. Daredevil and Stunt Legend. Um, oh, she also uh, swam. But I, I, I'm not finding a... That's all right. Whatever these ones are, they, they're long and they, they're pointy at the end. Let me see. Uh, I don't know what I'm looking at. Oh, well. Which picture? Uh, this one. Well, that's, that's longer than your typical formula race cars. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Anyway, and her name again? Kitty O'Neill. There you go. And she's still alive. Yes, she is. Um, two famous deaths to um, to bring up. First, that of Elizabeth the first. Born in excuse me, born in fifteen thirty three, but she died on this date in sixteen oh three. Queen Elizabeth was, of course, the Queen of England and Ireland uh, until her death date in sixteen oh three. Referred to as the Virgin Queen. The Virgin Queen. <laughs> there must be a story behind that. Maybe she didn't have any children. Maybe. And the last is that of Jules Verne. Born in 1828, but died on this date in 1905. Oh, my phone messed up. Give me one moment. And that's V-E-R-N-E. Uh... Jules Gabriel Verne was a French novelist, poet, and playwright. He collaborated with Pierre Hetzel, and that led to the creation of The Voyages Extraordinaries, which uh, seems like a a book Hmm. around the world in 80 days. Journey oh, to yeah. the center of the earth. That's right. Oh, how about all this? Cool. Cool is right. Um, 
Let's see here. Um, I came across this story and I thought it was worth bringing in. Our Secretary of State here in Ohio is um, Frank LaRose. And recently he announced another strong month for the new business growth this year with 16,065 new business filings in February. That's the highest February number of business filings in Ohio history. This is a quote from him. My vision for Ohio is one where every entrepreneur with a good idea can make their dream come true. We are strengthening that climate in our state and job creators are responding in record numbers month after month. Well, our Secretary of State's office. Um, well, how does it contribute to Ohio's strong business climate? Well, there's several ways. Uh, first, through streamlining certifications for minority, women, and veteran-owned businesses and modernizing the process for limited liability companies, that's LLCs, to incorporate in Ohio. And Secretary LaRose continues to work to simplify that process for starting business here in the Buckeye State. Another way, a new business in Ohio can be filed in Ohio for 99 bucks, less than our neighboring states, and the application can typically be processed in 24 hours. Boom, boom. Secretary LaRose has also expanded the Ohio Business Resource Connection, a, compil a compilation of private and public resources available to assist businesses. And last but not least, Secretary LaRose has hosted dozens of roundtables throughout the state with community, legislative, and business leaders to spread the word about the resources available for entrepreneurs looking to start or grow their businesses. Well, let's see here. So as we said, 16,065 new businesses were created last month, the month of February. Um, that's 1,577 more than the same month a year ago. Uh, here's some other facts. In 2019, 2020, and 2021 were all record-setting years in Ohio for new business creation. In 2021, Ohio surpassed the annual filing record with 197,010 new business filings. 
Well, if you'd like to know more, visit uh, the following. Um, uh, 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 entrepreneurs can visit ohiosos.gov slash business resources to discover the helpful opportunities available to them that can help them start and grow a business. Fair enough. Well, let's see here. <coughs> let's turn to, um, I guess, news as a whole. All right. Meaning it can be anywhere in the world. Um, first of all, the Ukraine eyes a counteroffensive. Ukrainian officials said yesterday they believe Russian forces have lost momentum in the consisty of Bakhmut, signaling Ukraine may mount a counteroffensive along eastern battlefronts as the region moves out of the winter season. Some on-the-ground reports supported claims that Russian efforts, particularly those led by the Wagner Mercenary Group may be fatiguing. Well, analysts have described the battle for Bakhmut as more symbolic than strategic. The city had a pre-war population of just 70,000 people. But the six-month fight has been one of the conflict's longest and bloodiest. It sits in Ukraine's eastern Donetsk Oblast, one of four claimed by Russian President Vladimir Putin as sovereign Russian territory back in September. As of early March, reports suggested Wagner forces had captured the eastern half of the city though the group has complained of a lack of support and supplies from the Kremlin. Now let's move on. A cryptocurrency entrepreneur, Quan Do Hyung, also known as Du Quan, was reportedly arrested yesterday by officials in Montenegro as he attempted to travel through the capital city to the airport with falsified documents. His detention comes almost one year after the company he co-founded, which is named Terraform Labs, collapsed, leading to the loss of billions of dollars in digital currency markets last year. Well, among other products, Quan's company created a currency managed by an algorithm such that it maintained a one-to-one -one conversion with the U.S. dollar. Um, stable coins, I think, is the term. Last May, a number of large withdrawals 
of the coin sparked the equivalent of a bank run, leading to many investors attempting to reclaim and exchange the coin simultaneously. An estimated $45 billion of value in the coin was wiped out in one week. And that began months of upheaval across the uh, cryptocurrency industry. Okay. Here's another story. I don't know if I can say this. <laughs> P. Dot. Eruginosa. Well, let's see what this is. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has confirmed two additional deaths linked to bacteria traced back to contaminated eye drops. Oh, oh. I've started to hear about this, yes. Bringing the total number of deaths to three. Wow. With several more severely injured. Oh, my gosh. That's At least scary. 68 cases have been identified across 16 states, including eight cases of vision loss and four cases of enucleation. Oh, surgical removal of an eyeball. Mm. A rare strain of the highly drug-resistant Pseudomonas aeruginosa bacteria and I guess another name for it is VIM hyphen GES hyphen CRPA has previously not been identified in the U.S. and can be found in various environments, including water, soil, and human waste. It likely contaminated the eye drops through environmental agents ha during handling. The eye drops recalled include two brands from Global Pharma Healthcare, which is an Indi India based manufacturer. They go on, while most patients had exposure to the eye drops, some did not, suggesting person-to-person -person transmission is possible. Wow. Researchers at the University of California at San Diego have identified a potential treatment for the bacteria, but no patients have yet received it. Well, that's not very good. Mm -mm. Let's see here. Well, I guess we can hit a couple of these in sports. Uh, number nine seed Florida Atlantic upsets number four Tennessee to make their first Elite Eight appearance. In the women's uh, Sweet 16, it begins today. In all those brackets, you can look up online or however you're accustomed to doing so. Uh, bum, 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 bum. A Jackson Pollock painting valued up to $54 million. Wow. 
was discovered during a police raid of art smugglers in Bulgaria. Whoa. Um, here's yet another item. <clears throat> World Athletics bans transgender women from competing in international track and field competitions. It's awful. Weird. All right, what else? Okay, let's uh, talk about science and technology a little bit. Let's. By the way, it's 940, folks, and we're uh, 45 degrees and rain here on Columbus Road. In science and technology, Relativity Space's first launch of a 3D printed rocket fails three minutes after its take liftoff. <laughs> um, it didn't even reach orbit, right? So, um, disappointment there. On another item, researchers uncover mechanisms that allow beetles to absorb moisture from the atmosphere through their rear ends. Very cool. Unique ability replaces the need to drink and allows the insects to thrive in dry environments. Yeah, I guess that's interesting. It is. Okay. You know, there's some topics that, I mean, we're all different, you know? Yeah. So you, with your fascination with insects, mm -hmm. of course, that would be of greater interest to you than it is to me. Yeah. Okay, another item. Large-scale study finds common genetic markers associated with increased substance abuse risk. Regardless of substance type, uh, genetic combinations found to play a role in dopamine signaling, which regulates award-seeking behavior. Well, the stock markets closed higher. The Standard & Poor's was up 0.3%. The Dow, 0.2%. The NASDAQ, one full percent. That occurred after Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell indicated an end to rate hikes could be near. Yeah, these aren't important here. Here's another thing. Saudi Arabia and Syria agreed to reopen embassies in each other's countries following more than a decade-long suspension of diplomatic relations. Who mediated the deal? Russia. Interesting. Well, I'm sure you've heard by now, but a New York grand jury meets and does not hear testimony related to former President Donald Trump. Earlier reports suggested the panel would vote on an indictment in hush money probe this week. Evidently, that's not in the cards at the moment. Um, ba -bum, ba -bum, ba -bum. 
Let's see here. I guess that we don't need to do. Okay, here's an interesting item. They say small habit, big results. Forget cold showers. There's a new way you can boost your focus and reduce stress naturally. Oh, I see what this is. This this actually is a commercial. Oh, I see. <laughs> and it's snuck in here. But um, anyway, there's a uh, an item called Core, which is an all-in-one citrus beverage crafted from oh, all sorts of things. I wouldn't even read it. Yeah. So, forgive me. All right, we'll put this report away for the day. What are the headlines? Well, if you haven't been watching the news this morning, you might not know about this. Although I think it was on last night, too. Lawmakers blast TikTok's CEO for apps ties to China escalating tensions. Okay. Are you a TikTok person? I have TikTok. Um, I don't really use it, though. Um, Not really. It is on my phone. So at some point, I did download the app. I think I have gone to look at it twice yeah it takes a long time to build up your algorithm so that it caters to you but if you spend hours and hours a day on it it uh it's hard to get off of it well there's there's a concern about accuracy and um truth and what other words can we use um Anyway, the, the, they're, um, let's see, Xiao Chu um, is being grilled. He's TikTok's chief executive over the app's ties to its Chinese parent company and its effects, particularly on children. By the way, Chinese officials say they opposed the sale of the platform. Netanyahu digs in on court overhaul in the face of mass protests amid a national crisis over a planned judicial overhaul. Israel's parliament approved a bill making it much harder to remove a prime minister from office. In another story, prosecutor in Trump hush money case fires back at House Republicans. The office of the Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, said the committee chairman's attempts to intervene in the investigation were unlawful. Um, Montana is in the news. 
I went to school about 30 miles from the Montana border in Sheridan, Wyoming for a year or two at Sheridan College. In Montana, it's youth versus the state in a landmark climate case. 16 young Montanans have sued their state, arguing that its support of fossil fuels violates the state constitution. Interesting. Um, in the New York Times, there's an article, an opinion article by Jessica Gross, um, that says, stop treating adolescent girls as emotionally abnormal. She goes on, let's approach adolescent mental health with concern, not panic. If you'd like to know more details on that, go to the New York Times website. Did you see this video? It was taken by, uh, what do you call those, um, the cameras law enforcement officers wear? Oh, body cam. Body cams, yes. I'm not, what video? This shows Virginia officers overpowering and punching a guy in jail. Oh, yeah, I did see that. It was recorded several hours before previously released footage which showed off seven sheriff's deputies pinning Mr. Ortino down for more than 11 minutes. Now, didn't he die? Um, there's a couple instances that recently happened. Uh, there's been a few deaths just this month. Unfortunately, it happens all the time. The Our prison mm. systems are... Uh, you know, they're, they're not open, obviously, to public eye. There's a lot of stuff that happens there that's just uh, just abuse, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, I know you have an opinion, and you're welcome to it. Uh, you know, I think, personally, there must have been something that he refused to do, and then they had to... Yeah, but to. you're an officer. Your whole job is to not punch people in the face and be able to detain them in other ways. Well, it was more that he was being subdued on the floor and they had knees on his back and things like that. Yeah. And um, and too many people involved. But, um, you know, he was putting up a fight. And uh, I don't know. You don't want your fellow officers to be harmed. And so for you to step in and help subdue him i don't know it's 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 there's no correct answer here oh uh, i mean there is <laughs> yeah. anyway let's see here israeli police have used water cannons on protesters in tel aviv Israelis demonstrated against the right-wing government's plan to overhaul the country's judicial system. We already mentioned this earlier, but I had not known about the water cannons. 
um, Norfolk Southern up in East Palestine. Um, they have committed to long-term help for that community. Norfolk Southern's CEO told Congress that the company is paying for temporary housing in hotels and plans to set up a medical fund and property value assurance program. Yeah. Um, let's see here. In world news, an American contractor was killed in a drone attack on base in Syria. Five service members and another U.S. contractor were wounded. The Pentagon said the drone was of Iranian origin and ordered airstrikes on facilities in Syria used by Iran-linked groups. Nine fifty-two now. The leader of the Indian Party opposing Modi, M-O-D-I, Modi, East, is sentenced in defamation case. Rahul Gandhi, who leads the main opposition party, received a two-year sentence for a comment in 2019 criticizing the prime minister. for a comment. You see, I, had you heard about this missing Trump portrait? No, I know, not at all. Well, anyway, they found it next to some old yoga mats. After a tip, the Times located a portrait of Donald Trump given to him by uh, El Salvador's president and that the Democrats were eager to account for. And it was tr propped up in an obscure spot in a Trump hotel. Huh. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, here in the U.S., a water shortage ballooned into a crisis in Jackson, Mississippi. This was a leak, and it was growing bigger and bigger, gouging out a swimming pool-sized crater of earth. And uh, it's uh, so broken that one pipe alone leaks 5 million gallons a day. Boy, I bet they're working to fix that quickly. Another mental illness tragedy spurs questions about Virginia's health system. Uh, let's see, what else? In Memphis, car seizures are a lucrative and punishing police tactic. These are just a few, uh, if you want to call it, headlines. Well, let's, uh, let's put this stuff away. We could go on and on with that, but we're getting short on time. Um... Here's an interesting item I came across, and this is local in nature. K-12 
Camp Inventions Fun Action-Packed Summer STEM Program Coming to Athens High School. Oh. Camp Invention, it's called, a nationally recognized nonprofit summer enrichment program, is going to occur at Athens High School the week of June 12th through 16th. A program of the National Inventors Hall of Fame, in partnership with the United States Patent and Trademark Office, Camp Invention challenges children in grades K through 6 to tap into their natural curiosity and use their creativity to solve problems. Through hands-on activities, Camp Invention promotes STEM, that's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, STEM learning, builds confidence, leadership, perseverance, and resourcefulness, and encourages entrepreneurship, all in a fun and engaging environment. This sounds kind of cool. I wish they had something for the older group, too. And maybe they do, and I just don't know about it. Well, each year... The program features a new curriculum inspired by some of our nation's most world-changing inventors, the National Inventors Hall of Fame inductees. This year's Wonder Program encourages children to be confident in their ideas and explore their innovativeness through hands-on activities, including catching air, um, Invention Celebration, Mimic Bot, and Pop-Up Venture. All of these are described in the article, and you can uh, look it up if you like. But uh, they've been doing this for a while now, but it's going to be in Athens this summer. And what did I say? July 12th through 16th, I think yes. I said. And uh, so cool. By the way, it is the only national recognized summer program focused on creativity, innovation, real-world problem-solving, and the spirit of invention. Through hands-on programming, Camp Invention encourages children entering kindergarten through sixth grade to explore science, technology, engineering, and mathematics curricula inspired by some of the world's greatest inventors. And since 1990, our education programs have served more than 2.2 million children and 229,000 teachers and leadership interns. Regional program sponsors include the United States Patent and Trademark Office, Overdeck Family Foundation, and the Reinberger Foundation. Pretty cool. And it's going to be in Athens this summer. Very neat. Well, it's 9.59. Once again, we remind you that uh, right now we have 45 degrees here on Columbus Road. They say it may gain one more degree, but we're certainly going to have more and more rain today. And um, tomorrow the high will be 71, and we do show rain showers occurring. But Sunday, 61 will be the high and a sunny day. So that's as far ahead as we'll look. You going to have a good weekend? 
Yes, I am. I uh, I got a new debit card. I got to figure out the numbers, and I'm going to order chicken wings. And, chicken wings. And eat them for lunch, and uh, I think I'm going out to dinner tonight. Okay. Take care. Take care, everyone. Our 73rd year of serving Southeast Ohio. AM 970 and 97.3 FM. FM's. Hey, 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 all you party people out there. This is your gal pal on the radio. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please give me just one moment and we will get you back into the music. I apologize for CBS, but for some reason, the computer just doesn't like it. So, we are going to try something else. But guess what? It is Friday. We are going to have a wonderful day even though it is raining. So let's get right back into the music and we will get back CBS at 11 a.m. Your favorites and more. 970-W-A-T-H. Your favorites and more. Yeah. 